James chapter number one, book of James chapter number one, and I'm going to read three verses tonight for our text, James chapter number one. While you're turning there, uh, let me once again just remind you of all the uh, things that we have scheduled the next few Sundays, and uh, certainly on that November the 14th, our missions emphasis that morning, uh, but that evening uh, that the meeting is part of the service uh, where we'll update everything on the God with us. I tried to think of a time where uh, the most people could be here, and I know everybody has different work schedules, so we're going to incorporate that into the Sunday night service, and I want you to continue to be praying. As I've already mentioned in the announcements, there are a lot of moving parts of that, and uh, we were looking at some a big package, and now the Lord's breaking it all down, and I believe on that day we'll be ready to execute a contract on part of this, and so um, I want you to be here because if you want to have a... Uh, a vote in moving forward. I anticipate at least one aspect of this we'll be able to uh, go ahead and move forward with on this evening. And so uh, be praying, continue to pray. <clears throat> say, what is it? I don't want to say it because uh, how many times this, this so far we said, I know that we're close. I know that we're close. And, uh, and then uh, something happens. And so, uh, but I do anticipate uh, that we'll be able to move forward on at least part of what we want to get done. And the rest will have an idea behind it. So I want you to be praying. <clears throat> and I'll explain uh, not just that Sunday night, uh, as far as our financing and the, the process of our uh, permitting and construction, all of those things, uh, but also uh, some ministry uh, things as we begin to uh, incorporate more of our usual ministry uh, that we have not been able to do because of space and that sort of thing, a timeline uh, for things such as Sunday school and, and things of that nature, different classes. And so it's going to be a lot of information that evening. I will give you a little preview of this that may help you understand uh, some of the difficulty with our with the construction and the financing. I was discussing this with a couple of pastors who's also in a building project. Uh, you have a, a lending institution that says, we're going to give you X amount of dollars. As soon as you give us a budget, we'll prove it and close. You go to your contractor and say, I need a, I need a pricing. I need a budget. They say, well, do you have the money? No. Well, our suppliers will not give us a number until you have the money because it's going to change in 30 days. And you see the conflict there? Uh, they're not just going to give us, well, here's a couple million dollars. Just let us know what you do with it. Uh, that's not how that works. Uh, and so uh, it's been a very complicated, frustrating, but the Lord is moving some avenues. And as I said, I believe there's one aspect of this that we're going to be able to move forward on and possibly even move forward, vote to move forward on that evening. And so you just keep praying. The Lord knows exactly what we need, when we need it, what we need to do, when we need to do it. And so uh, just continue to pray and be faithful. And we'll look forward to what the Lord does in the days ahead. I'm going to be very practical this evening and very helpful. And I trust that uh, the message tonight uh, will serve as a warning for us, but also as an encouragement to us. Uh, encouragement to do what we know to do. James chapter number 1, verse number 22. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. There's a lot of hearers of the word. But frankly, there's a lot of people in this world who can quote a scripture verse. Matter of fact, they can post them on Facebook even. But it says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. 
For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. If we don't do what we've been instructed to do, uh, it's a very dangerous thing. The Bible serves as a mirror for us. It shows us what we are as a natural man. We can get to a place when we've been saved long enough, when we have heard enough that we get in our mind far removed from what we really are. We are nothing without the Lord. Our salvation is, is, what, is what is valuable in our life. It's what, it's what makes, uh, we're a child of God. God purchased us with the blood of His Son. Tonight I want to preach on this subject, the danger of knowing without doing. The danger of knowing without doing. Father, I pray tonight that you'd use this passage of Scripture, use this message that you've placed on my heart to be a help to your people. Father, I, I know how badly I just want your people to please you. Uh, each one, each member of this church is my desire uh, for them to bring honor and glory to your name, for them to fulfill what it is uh, that you've placed them on this earth to do. Uh, but Father, as much as I'd like to see that, even more so, uh, you want that to happen. Father, I pray that we look into your word. May we understand the importance of it. And may the message help us this evening. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, we got to be reminded that it is important for us to do and not just know. We say often that we need to take the gospel story, salvation, Christ crucifixion and resurrected, the gospel to a world because so many in this world do not know. And they ought to have the opportunity to choose the Lord Jesus Christ. Sadly, that's why it's important that we hold fast as a church, because there are many who are saved. But they've never had anyone teach them, preach to them the Word of God. Many, I would say, do not even have a Bible. If they have a Bible, they don't uh, read it. They don't study it for themselves. And uh, it's important that people know. But there's a danger for those of us who are privileged enough to have received Christ as our Savior and those who have the opportunity to hear the Bible preached on a weekly basis. We understand the importance of every day, open the Word of God. And let me remind you that uh, if you take time to read the Bible, God can and will speak to you through His Word. It's something that is necessary for a Christian on a daily basis. We hear in... The Sunday school lesson we hear in the messages, and certainly coming off of a week like we just had uh, with the, all the different messages, and if you were able to be in all just all the evening services, you've heard a lot of preaching this week. If you were able to be here for more than that, you've heard a lot of preaching. And I just want to remind us tonight that there is a danger of knowing without doing. Verse number 22 admonishes us, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. We've been talking about stewardship. We've been studying stewardship in our Sunday school lessons this year. That is a matter of doing, managing what God has given us. There are crowns for the Christian to, to, to earn. There, are, there is fruit that we can have abound to our account, but it's not based on what we know. It's based on what we do. We can make a difference in this world in what a child of God knows about the Bible, knows about the truth, doesn't do himself or anybody any good if there's no action to it. 
but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Now, the Bible says not hearers only, but you do need to hear. It's important that we hear. That's why it is a shame for a quote-unquote church to have their doors open and people assemble and the word of God is not preached. The word of God is not taught because we need to hear the word of God. That's why on a daily basis you need to open the word of God and, and you need to hear it, you need to read it, you need to be instructed by the spirit of God on a daily basis. But I want to connect a couple of important truths this morning or this evening, but be you doers of the word and not hearers only. What is James saying in this passage of Scripture? When you hear, you do. In other words, you obey. You obey. Obedience is vital in the life of a Christian. Quite frankly, there's a lot of people who know the Bible that are not obeying the Bible. They know what God has said, but they're not doing what God has said. They know the commandments of God, but they're not obeying them. Christian, the greatest, one of the greatest things you can get established is that you are going to obey what God has said or you're going to do what God has instructed you to do because if God instructs us to do something, we must obey in order to do it. Obedience is key in the life of a Christian. Get in the habit of just obeying. Do you know that Anyone can obey. And if anyone can obey the scripture, everyone should obey. Obedience, obeying, doing the word of God is important when we understand what the Bible is saying. We understand the reasoning behind it. But it's just as important if we don't understand all the reasoning behind it. So many times, what I mean by that is sometimes we look at God and say, well, God, I don't understand why you would have me do that, so therefore when you explain it to me, I'll do it. That's not the way, proper way to approach the Word of God. Obedience is not something in the time of, we do just in the time of convenience. We, there's a danger of knowing without doing. Now, let me give you the outline this evening, and I won't keep us too long this evening, but that thought of the, the danger of knowing without doing. And one of the, we're blessed for all these years, the Word of God has been preached and taught. We, not everyone has a church where the Bible is preeminent. Let me say that again because I want to remind us of that. Not everyone has a church that they can go to where the, the Word of God is preeminent. We're, we're, we're fortunate in that. The Bible must stay the focus. How does a church for decades... And we all know that history tells us that this, is, that, that, that this takes place. We can all talk of churches that once preached the Bible, and in many cases, they don't even exist today. Somewhere along the line, the people knew, but they stopped doing. They knew, but they didn't obey. They had knowledge, and they stopped putting that into practice. How does a Christian go from sitting in, in, in a church service, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, serving the Lord, go to be completely out of church, don't even crack the Word of God open anymore? How does that happen? Did all, some, some, something come in the middle of the night and suck all the knowledge out of their mind? No, somewhere along the line, we stopped doing what we knew to do. Let me give you the outline tonight. Statement number one is this. Knowing without do knowing without obedience or I'm sorry do knowledge without obedience makes no change 
Talking about the danger of knowing without doing, statement number one, knowledge without obedience makes no change. You can know something and not put it into practice and it hasn't changed a thing. Hasn't changed a thing. You can know there are Christians tonight, they know that as a child of God, they ought to be in the house of God and it would make a difference in their life. They know it. How many times have you talked to somebody, you've knocked on their door, you, you've talked to them at work, you've encountered them in public, you said, hey, you ought to come to church, I'll invite you to church. I know I should be there. There are a lot of people who intended to come this morning, they know they were supposed to be here, but for some reason or another, they let something get in their way, they, they're not here. They knew it, but it didn't make a change at all. You can know there's some things that this Bible teaches that we're supposed to put into practice, but knowing without obedience, it makes no change. Used as an illustration, there are some, they, they allow things to come into their life and they get away from the Lord and, they, and, and the things, sin begins to take its effect and it's like, Pastor, can you, can you help me? I'm happy to help you. Now, what are we to do? We need to do, here's the things that we need to do. Here's what the Bible says. And, and you can turn to Scripture and say, this is what the Bible says about God will forgive you and God will, God will pick you up where you are and He'll clean you up and you can overcome anything. But this is what you have to do. Oftentimes, when I'm giving that counsel, they can tell me what I'm going to say, but they don't do what they know they're supposed to do. And therefore, there is no change. You can quote the scriptures from cover to cover, but if you're not doing it, it's, made no, it's making no change. It's making no difference. Knowledge without obedience makes no change. So what should we do? Obey. Obey. Do what we know to do. We, we know this is the instructions for life. We know that this is the foundation of living. I wonder tonight, is there something that you know you should be doing that you're not doing? Imagine the difference that could be made if every Christian who knows they're supposed to be faithful in their giving gave. What if every child of God who knows that we're supposed to be a witness to others was actually a witness to others? Think it'd make a difference? We, we want to look and we want to lecture. We want to look down at this world and say, oh, this world is wicked. This world needs to change. And, and that, that's certainly true. But what would make a difference is if Christians put into practice what they knew to do and it would make a difference. If something needs to change in your home, chances are you know what needs to change. But knowledge alone, knowledge without obedience, makes no change. Statement number two. Knowledge without obedience creates a habit of hearing and not doing. Let me say that again. It's important. Knowledge without obedience creates a habit of hearing and not doing. It's sad for someone to be looking for the truth and come to what they believe is the house of God and not get it. What is just as sad, if not sadder, is if when the Spirit of God speaks to the heart of a child of God and they know there's something they should be doing and they refuse to do it because it, be, it, it becomes a habit. When we have knowledge of something this Bible says and we say, I'm not going to do that, we are going to create a habit of knowing but not doing. The easiest way of not telling the Spirit of God no twice is don't tell Him no the first time. 
The easiest way for a Christian to not get into a habit of disobedience, and let's be quite honest, it is easy for a Christian to live a life of disobedience and disobey the book that we're to be obeying, the scripture that we're to be heeding, and it's a dangerous thing to know something and to hear something preached, know what we should do, know we should act on it. Let me remind all of us, when God impresses a message on the heart of a preacher and he gives it, it's because God believes that we need it. God wants us to know it. God wants us to do it. And it's a dangerous thing for us to have knowledge without obedience because we're going to create a habit of hearing and not doing. That's why when the Spirit of God speaks to you, whether it's in a service like this one, or whether or not you're in your own private Bible reading time, or whether or not you're praying as you're driving down the road, He speaks to you, act on what He tells you to do. When you read something in this book that gives you instruction, and you're living contrary to that, stop what you're doing, make a note of it, make a decision that you're going to obey what God has said. Because when we know and we don't do, now we're creating habits of knowing and not doing. You know, it's good for you to get in the habit of coming to church. What do we do on Sunday? We go to church. Why? It's because what, it's what we do. It's a habit. Did you, do we know, is, does everybody here know we're supposed to go to church on Sunday? It's the Lord's Day. It's not the NFL Day. It's the Lord's Day. You know, this is, this is what we're supposed to do. Christians go to church. That's what we do. That's what we're supposed to do. It should be a habit. But did you know, we all know that, but did you know you can get in the habit of not going? I never intended to fall out of church. I know. I know. There's something we knew to do, and one time we didn't do it. We didn't obey. The Bible never tells us we should be in the house of God when we feel like it. Because when I look at this crowd tonight, Half of you wouldn't be here if it was just because you felt like it. We go to the house of God because it's what God tells us to do. There's illustrations I could use, but when we know we're supposed to do something, and please, 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 very practical, very simple tonight, but please heed what I'm saying and, and take note of this, that when we have knowledge without obedience, if you sit on the pews of the Emmanuel Baptist Church for any length of time, you're going to learn this book. You come to Sunday school, you're going to learn this book. Come Wednesday night Bible study, you're going to learn this book. But when you learn it, it's not just so you can spout it, it's so that you can obey it, so that you can do it. That's why we get instruction. Uh, be a knowledge without obedience creates a habit of hearing and not doing. That's a dangerous habit to be in. That's something that we know we're supposed to be doing well, it does, and we got to get out of this mind and say, well, it's not hurting anything. First of all, that's not true because it's hurting you. And second of all, that's not the standard that we're to be living by. We're, the standard is God has said for we're to, we're to do something in his word, and if we have that knowledge, we should be doing it. We should be obeying. Statement number three. Knowledge without obedience is is a decision. It's a decision. If you know something and you choose not to do it, you are deciding not to do it. So therefore, we are choosing to be disobedient. 
choosing to go against what God has said. So this, this world needs to get together, and this, this world needs Jesus. But you know what would help this world get Jesus? If God's people just started being obedient based on what they know. What gets us in trouble as Christians is not the Bible we, we don't know, it's the Bible we do know that we're not doing. It's the things we know we're to be doing that we're not doing. Knowledge without obedience is, is, a, is a decision. It is, it, is a, it is something that we decide to do. Just like you have to decide to obey. You, those of you that, who are parents or you've been parents and that, that little child is... As you instruct them what to do, I can think back in, 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 in my own children and, and you give them something to do and you say, you need to go do this and you try to talk down to listen. You, you, need, you, you do this, you obey or you tell them to go do this or go clean your room or go do, don't do that or go do this and you can see them calculating whether or not they're going to do it. And you can see it going on and they, say, and they know what the punishment is. And you can see them weighing in their mind. Is it worth it? Is it not worth it? You know, sadly, that's the way it is with a lot of Christians. We know what God has said. We know what God has said are the repercussions of not doing it, whether it's withheld blessings or whether it's chastisement. And by the way, I don't want to face chastisement by an almighty God. But there's a lot of Christians that are living with withheld blessings. I don't want to live with withheld blessings. My God is a good God. My God is a God that blesses us when we don't deserve to be blessed. Think sinful man can have the blessings of the Almighty God if we'll just obey. What are we to obey? What He tells us to do. But I'm afraid far too many times, and this is a danger of a church like the Emmanuel Baptist Church, who not just for years but decades has had the Word of God preached to them, we learn and we learn and we learn that the Scripture says, study to show thyself approved unto God to be a good workman, meaning to put into practice what you know. God wants us, He gives us the Word of God, and we learn the Word of God, and we hear it instructed, we read it, we memorize it, we make it a part of our life. It sustains us, it builds us, it makes us a stronger Christian, it makes us an able servant of His. But we cannot get to a place where we know we're supposed to be doing some things and say, I just don't want to do it. If we know what God has said, we're responsible to do it. It's a dangerous thing, it's a decision. You're not doing more for Christ because you've decided not to. Pastor, that's not true. Okay. You know, if you know you're supposed to be doing, doing something more in your own Christian life, it may be you ought to have a, have, have a more uh, a regular prayer time. That's something every Christian knows you're supposed to do. And truth of the matter is, if you don't, you've decided not to. Well, Pastor, that's not true. I'd have a set down. I'm just not going to do it. But you haven't decided to have one. When God has said it's a priority. So it's a decision not to do what you know you're supposed to do. Every Christian knows you're supposed to pray. Every Christian knows you're supposed to spend time in the Word of God. Every one of us does. You can go to the smallest child in here and say, is a Christian supposed to pray? And they'll say, yes. Because that's just what we, we know that. But are we doing it? Are we doing it? It's a decision that must be made. And number four, and finally, and this is what I'll finish with tonight. 
Knowledge without obedience is a revealer of a prideful heart. I remind you what verse 23 and verse 24 says, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. This book shows us what we are as a man, as a natural man, as a man that is doomed, that a man that without Christ has no hope. And if we have knowledge... If we're hearers of the word, if we have knowledge because of what we've heard and we don't obey or we're not doing, it's a revealer of a prideful heart. Now, I would dare say that the average Christian would deny the fact that they have a problem with pride. But if we allow the word of God to be the authority tonight, then we'd have to admit that every person has a problem with pride. How much does the Word of God speak about pride? The book of Proverbs alone warns us of pride. Pride is the downfall. Pride is the destruction. And often we'll look at people and they say, oh, the, how the, the lofty look that ha- they have, or, 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 or they're so full of themselves, and certainly that may or may not be true, but how prideful do we have to be to know what God has said for us to do. And to say, I know it, but I'm not going to do it. How much pride does a man have to have in his heart for God to say, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together? I'm not talking about those who don't know the importance of going to church. I mean, everybody knows you ought to be in church, but quite frankly... Our country has gotten so far away from the things that we used to know. And sadly, the average church today doesn't even preach the word of God. So, I mean, if I wasn't going to a Bible preaching church, I wouldn't understand the necessity of going to a church and being fed, if I'm not being fed spiritually. But let's be honest. How many Christians know where they're supposed to be on Sunday? How many know where they're supposed to be on Sunday night? How many know when that offering plate passes that they're supposed to be a cheerful giver, and they're supposed to be a good steward with their finances. How many Christians know that they're supposed to be living a holy life? We can argue about it, and we can, we can neglect it. I'm, I'm sad, sad to say, uh, you know, there, 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 there's not as many people who are scorners of the things of God as there are those who know better, and they're just not doing it. We've got to be very, very careful, and we ought to identify this as it is. And I bring this message tonight to remind us because of what we do have as a church. But coming off a week like we just had, we can all say, man, God, help me. I heard something that God spoke to me. Okay, are you doing it? Pastor, that's exactly what I needed this morning. Okay, are you doing it? Have you made, have you stopped and said? See, it's, if the Lord leads you to respond to an invitation to come to the altar, do it. That's a good thing. More than that, we need to leave and we need to make the change that is necessary so we're not just a hearer, but we're a doer. If the Lord convicts you to give to missions and you're not giving to missions, you're going to have to make a change in your budget so that you give to missions. It's more than just hearing we're supposed to do and say, hey, that's a good idea. You're going to have to go and make up your mind and make an effort to be a doer. 
The same is true. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's spending more time in the Word of God. Maybe it's something that you know as a child of God you should not be partaking in. But you're, you, we know it's not the, the fact that God isn't speaking to us. We know and we know and we know. And just because you know it does not mean it's what you are. And we go back, and, and, and I'll mention again, knowledge without obedience, it's a, it's a deceiver. We think we are what we know to be. I would dare say, as I look around, so many here have been, been a member of, of, of this church or Bible preaching church for, for a long, long time. And if I were to start over here with Kyle, put the pressure on Kyle, and if I were to go all the way over the, the building, I think every one of us could tell what God says it would take to be a good Christian. But are you? We look at this world. Please don't miss this. We look at this world and we say, they, ought to be, they need to call on you. They need to be doing this. They need to be doing this. And sometimes we think, we think because we know it, that's what we are. Do you know you're supposed to pray? That doesn't mean you are. Knowledge without obedience is a deceiver. I, I, I heard this, but you haven't put it into practice. So we think it deceives us into thinking that we are a more faithful Christian than we should be. Is this making sense? It is because I know it. It makes me think or I've heard it. But I certainly ought to be putting it into practice. And as we think of the fact that it's a revealer of a prideful heart for us to know that God has instructed us to do something and we don't do it, it reveals the pride that is in our heart. Uh, pride leads us to destruction. Sometimes we'll... Blame the devil, and certainly the devil wants to destroy all of us. And please don't ever forget that. He's real. He's our adversary. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your kids. And every young person, he wants to destroy your life. Don't ever forget that. But sometimes Christians do the work for him because we have a prideful heart, and pride leads us to destruction. And I, I really can't think of anything more prideful. See, this whole notion of, of, of you see this movement and these emerging churches and these giving up their faith, these preachers who once preached the gospel and now they're, 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 they're throwing out their, the word of God, they're throwing out their separation, they're throwing out their high, higher living. If you study this book and you learn more of this book, there's more required of a preacher, not less. The same is true of a Christian. The longer you know that you're around the things of God, you, there ought to be a progression let me help some of you who, you're a second, third generation Christian. You've grown up in a Christian home. You've grown up in church. I can speak freely about this, and I can speak with some authority because the Word of God speaks to it, but I've lived it. There's no excuse for you not picking up the mantle and being a vital part of this church. You know you ought to be faithful. But are you? You know you ought to be serving. But are you? You know you should be a witness and a soul winner, but are you? 
You know you should be separated. You, you have been around it long enough to see what this world will do, but are you? This is the downfall of churches, that second and third generation. Eventually, a generation says, we know, I know, there's pastor again. I've heard it over and over and over again. You better be very careful because that reveals a prideful heart. You know, but you refuse to do. That reveals pride that says, I know what God has said, but I just don't think I want to do what God has instructed me to do. Truth of the matter is, we ought to to have the zeal and the desire of a brand new baby Christian. God would save me, and God gives me this instruction. I want to do it. How can I do it? How can I do it? But we've gotten to, we know so much. We know how it is. We know what we're supposed to do. But are you doing it? Are you doing it? The truth of the matter is, churches like this church ought to get stronger as the years go by. Because, I mean, my father sits down here and he pastored. He came in 1980. That's many, many months ago. And it was a tiny group of people. And first generation Christians and winning people. And, but thankfully, as a church is supposed to do, children start growing up in it. Well, if you'll permit me to just use myself in this illustration as, as an illustration, I cannot even begin to number the, the number of Sunday school lessons that I've heard in my lifetime. The number of messages that I've heard preached from a child to when I became a, a young adult. The knowledge that I have that others that went before me did not have because I sat under the preaching of the Word of God. There should be action on my part. The same is true of every young man and young lady who's had the privilege to grow up under the preaching of the Word of God. There is no excuse for not doing what we should do. This is not in my outline, but I feel led to just plow this for a little while. When these men need more ushers, they should not have to come to those that are of retirement age. They make ushers coach your size too. And I thank God for every grandma that wants to keep the nursery and rock those babies in there, but there ought to be some others as well. On work nights, it shouldn't just be those that are retired. It shouldn't be the, and I thank God for the faithful veterans, if you will, who've been to bus ministry for decades. There ought to be some young people who know what they're supposed to do, decide, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And to the children, the teenagers sit over here. We can't use excuses of, we know. We know. And this would certainly apply to all of us. We're in a church. We have the word of God. We know the truth. It's preached to us. It's taught to us. We have it. We read it. We study it. We learn of it. But when we learn of it, we ought to do it. We ought to do it. And when we don't, It's a revealer of a prideful heart. 
a prideful heart. It's a dangerous thing for a child of God to know they're supposed to be in church, know they're supposed to be a tither, a giver to God's work. They know they're supposed to be a witness. But they say, I'm not going to do any of that. Not going to do any of it. Can you imagine the churches could not hold if those who said they're saved actually went to church on Sunday? Churches couldn't hold them. It's a dangerous thing. But it's also a dangerous thing for us to sit on the church pews knowing we're supposed to be doing things and we're not doing it. So tonight as we conclude this thought and this reminder that we're to be doers of the word and not hearers only, what is it the Lord has spoken to you about? Is there an area in your life that, quite frankly, we, we should be obedient, we should be doing? Maybe the desire is there. It doesn't mean that desire is not there. But part of this is being intentional in our Christian life, and if the Lord has impressed upon us to do something, we may have to change our schedule. It's stopping to change our schedule. We may have to change our budget. It's stopping to change our budget. We may have to reprioritize. We may have to change some relationships. It's doing it because we know we're supposed to do it. There's no reward in heaven for how much Bible you know, although you should know it. Why do we learn it? So that we can say we know it? We learn it so that we know what we're supposed to do. We know who we're supposed to help so that we can be a light in this world. We know it so that we can be a vessel unto honor when it comes to living our life that brings honor and glory to God. So tonight, as we go to the invitation, we've heard a lot of preaching in recent days. Every week we have time for invitation. Is there something that the Lord has impressed upon your heart that we know? And let's just, let's, let's just be transparent tonight. This is one of those passages and truths that ought to hit. It shouldn't ought to hit. It hits every one of us. Because it's easy for us to let our priorities get out of line. It's easy for us to respond to the Spirit of God. And actually, stop in the invitation time and pray and make a decision, even come down to the altar. But when we get up from the altar and we go back, we've got to make up our mind, well, this is what I know I'm supposed to do. Let's do it this week. Every one of us in here know that we're supposed to get the light of the gospel. But this week, are we looking for an opportunity? Are we looking for a way? Let's put into practice that which we know. It's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing. My desire is for the Emmanuel Baptist Church to just keep pressing forward, keep making a difference, souls saved, lives changed, God's people encouraged, continue sending out missionaries, Continue to be a help to the cause of Christ for, for decades to come. And if the Lord tarries his coming and we are called home and that next generation comes, I want to just continue to press on. Every great church has stopped because there came a generation where they stopped doing what they knew to do.
they stopped doing everything that the Bible said to do. And we lift our hearts up in pride when we know and we don't do. You don't have to raise your hand, but anybody ever had a parent say, you know better. You know better. Or should I say it like this? You have a wife that says, you know better. You have a school teacher, you know better. As a student, I usually look at my teachers and be like, you know better. And then go over, well, then either 